Today, you're getting your top homeschooling questions answered. We are back at it interviewing Katie Keene, veteran homeschooler and homeschool coach, and I asked my community, you guys, what you wanted to ask. We're talking homeschooling with a busy toddler, navigating learning challenges, and more. Tune in because I really think you'll love it. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is gonna keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. a couple of questions that some moms in my community had asked. So um, one of them, so you've homeschooled, you're homeschooling your five kids and what one of them yep. graduated, right? You said? Correct. Yes. Yep. The oldest is graduated. So I'm sure at some point you were homeschooling with a busy toddler. Do you have any oh, tips yes. on that? <laughs> oh, yes. And not only that, my youngest two are only 16 months apart. And one of those two is severely disabled. So we have done a lot of homeschooling with busy, busy babies. Um, I really love doing a homeschool environment where we can learn as a family. So I would let babies play on the floor, let babies be right there. They didn't have to be silent. And then I would make sure that what we were learning as a family actually could be, could hit different levels. So if we were reading books, I could have, you know, different discussions with the older kids than I did with the more middle-aged kids that, you know, middle range. And then just let the babies play. I pre-make snacks for them so that I had them right there. Pre-make a basket of things maybe they hadn't seen or they only got to see during school hours or, you know, just get creative because you know your kid. So I could throw out a thousand ideas. <laughs> um, I was actually coaching a mom just a couple days ago and we were make, going through this, making some ideas for this. Um, but, you know, have sensory activities right there. Have, you know, even if, if you want to, I'm not a huge proponent of screens, that very small amounts of time with certain cartoons with another language selected. Oh, Our cool. neurodevelopmental institute actually promoted that. So if you can school through the door where you can see your little one who has their juice cup and their, you know, bag of snack that's not choking hazard snacks <laughs> and they're watching something in Spanish or Chinese or German or whatever, while you're working right there where you can see the little one with your other kids, that's another option. Um, you just have to kind of get creative and then just try to work as a family team to learn as a group. And it sets a good, a good example for those younger kids as to what to expect when they're older um, and that they're included, you know, yeah. no matter their developmental age. I love your passion for like family, the family unit, the family team, you know, yeah. it's just so important. Another question I had. So um, you obviously have experience teaching kids with um, learning disabilities. Yes. So I have a mom who has um, an eight-year-old who's struggling in multiple areas. Mm -hmm. And she's wondering, 
should she wait it out and see what happens? Um, I don't think he's diagnosed with anything. Um, or should she like act now and figure out what's going on? Mm. Should she involve the school system or should she handle it privately? Like in your experience, what were your first steps in like tackling something like this? Well, we went through a real process with this. And this is, of course, the kind of question where I'm like, oh, I need to know all the details, but I'll just give you kind of the broad picture. And then moms always have to go with our gut instinct and pray and ask the Holy Spirit for direction. But in our personal experience, because I've had two with significant disabilities and diagnoses, we ended up finding that private intervention was far more effective. Um, we also found that a balance of understanding what clinical diagnosis could be and having that clinical diagnosis, but not letting it not letting it um, define the child. That that was kind of a good roadmap for me to say, okay, my daughter has dyslexia, dysgraphia. Dyspra okay, what does this mean practically? Now, how can I support her at home? Um, and we were able to. It just helped me pick the better therapists. It helped me pick better interventions or tutoring at, at home. It also helped me kind of understand the world a bit more from her perspective. Mm -hmm. um, not all things that are happening with kids necessarily need a diagnosis right away. You can start with things like what you're really good at already, Brandy, like nutrition intervention. Pull things out. Could he have inflammation? Mm -hmm. A lot of kids are suffering because maybe they have an intolerance. Maybe it's wheat, maybe it's dairy, maybe it's nuts, maybe it's red dye, maybe it's, you know, there's all these things. And so if you can start to reduce the inflammation and increase the exercise and the cross pattern motion, get that kid out first thing in the morning and go make a, a fun game of red light, green light and run. He's going to get that cross pattern motion with his arms and his legs. That's already going to organize the brain before he even sits down to do school. Make sure he's hydrated. Go do monkey bars if you can find any anymore in town. We actually <laughs> built our own because legally you can't find them in town anymore here, but that cross pattern motion or go swim again, that's more cross pattern motion. And that's going to organize the brain of a child who's already struggling with learning, um, making sure they're well hydrated, nutritious foods. And, um, you know, that's a, a really good place to really begin, even before you go start accessing any kind of diagnosis, because sometimes the diagnosis can actually cause a child to have a lower self-esteem. Yeah. And one of our daughters, um, amazing, brilliant. I will always thank the Lord for this man. He was a, he had three PhDs <laughs> and he was the guy who did a lot of the testing and we had some terrible testing by someone else. And we said, Nope, that's it. We're going to pay out of pocket and find a guy who really knows what he's talking about. And after three hours of me pacing the hallway, after I brought him a list longer than Santa Claus's naughty or nice list of all the interventions we'd tried with her. And I was expecting to get this like big red F on my forehead, like failure, mom, you failed, you know, put her in public school. Instead, he walks out and he looks at Steve and I with the most genuine face and he put his hand on our shoulders and he said, never put her in public school. And I was like, what? You know, he gives us this diagnosis list a mile long too. And he said, her self-confidence is so intact that that will carry her further than anything that anyone could do with any interventions in the public school system. She will be lost in the crowd. You get online. And he said, I don't have even any suggestions for you. He said, you just get online and you start to research and you find what resources are needed to support this girl who has her self-confidence so intact and you support her at home. And we did. And she is doing amazing. <laughs> wow. I love and, that story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if, you know, 
if the lady, the precious mama who's struggling with this little guy who's eight, starts with the diet, starts with the exercise, starts with the cross pattern motion, really intuitively listening to him, watching his body physical signs. And then if she says, okay, things still aren't right. Uh, a, I'm always willing to talk to moms. That's a passion of mine. We'll be starting a special needs membership soon, actually, for just exactly this, because there's so few places for parents like my family to go. But also that's maybe a time when she could start asking community members, like, okay, who in her town trusts somebody who could do an assessment um, and maybe take that step if she feels that that's the next right step. So yeah, it's kind of hard. That's so helpful though. I feel like you've given some really good starting points. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I have one last question. It might be too big, but the last question that someone asked was, um, looking back, what is your biggest regret and why? Oh gosh. Okay. On the homeschooling journey, what would be my biggest regret? Um, my biggest regret would not have, would have, would be not having put into place so there's two, not having put into place a family government sooner because I just didn't know about them because the amount of peace that that gives me as a parent and my whole family with tranquility and unity, even if we're having conflict, we have a path of conflict resolution that's right there set out and I don't have to worry I'm failing as a mom. That, and I think just panicking that I was doing everything wrong, like not listening to my gut as a mom, not tuning into my kids quick enough. Or when I did, because I was very tuned in, just not trusting that God was giving me and equipping me with everything that I needed. And I spent so many extra years in those early years panicking over that, scrambling, looking for how do we make sure there's not gaps like we talked about in the beginning and, and just not trusting and always like paddling as hard and fast as I could instead of just enjoying the journey. And now I've learned to like lay back and relax. God's got this. He is equipping me. I know because if I'm willing to get into unity with my children on the same page with our family government in place, so we all know what to do to survive the hard times, the good times, we know what's happening in our day. Um, And then using things like what you teach, you know, the time blocks. Oh man, what you teach is so important, Brandy. I think had I known to get those things in place right away in the beginning, it would have been an easier start for us. So I don't know that that's a very good answer because it's a little too big, but. (laughs) No, I think it is. I think it is. (laughs) Awesome. So um, where can everybody find you? If we want to learn more about like the home government and the stewarding their homes and all that you offer, where can um, my audience find you? Sure. The very best place is actually my podcast, Her Home and Heart, because I do have all my links in there. So I have, you know, links to anything cool that's coming up. The special needs membership that'll be launching will go there. And, um, you know, my Facebook group and anything cool is going to happen there. Um, The other place would just be herhomeandheart.net backslash coaching. That's right now the only active page I actually have for more information about me. Um, But I am working on a website, so we'll get there all in good time. I just mainly focus on the podcast. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. 
I'm just going to end in prayer. Um, Lord, we just, we thank you for Katie and her mission for families. Lord, we know that you are for families. And I just pray for any mom who's struggling, who's thinking that she's not doing enough, that her family seems torn and conflict, Lord, that you just give her a feeling of hope, Lord, that you just fill her with your peace that surpasses all understanding to know that what you have called her to, you will equip her for, Lord, and that she can lean on you. She can turn to you and that there are resources, Lord, point her to the right resources like Katie or me and um, to know that she's not alone, Lord. We thank you for all of these moments who are listening and we just ask that you bless their homes and bless their families. And we thank you for Katie and bless her home and her family as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I hope that this conversation with Katie was a blessing to you and keep asking your questions in the Facebook community. We discuss them as a group in the community and sometimes I even use your questions as inspiration for my upcoming episodes. I will link the Facebook group in the comments and then don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any new episodes. All right, God bless.